2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. We're just about to finish up this series on Pass It On. So be in prayer too for what we have in store, what is next. But I think you guys will be really familiar with this passage. Um, for some of you, if you were here that Sunday, this summer I had been to like three funerals in a row and I preached from this same passage about legacy, about what is the legacy that you're leaving behind. And so there's a little bit of that element here today. But to me, the emphasis I want you to take with you, I feel like the Lord is pushing through me today is to keep fighting because you get tired, don't you? I know I do. I get tired of fighting and it just seems like there's so many things coming at you and even in the world and you just want to be like, I'll give it up. And today the message is don't give up, don't quit, keep fighting the good fight. So let's look together. Second Timothy chapter four, verse six through eight. And we'll start with King James here in verse six. Paul again, writing to Timothy, who's going to lead all these churches, he says, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his what? His appearing, right? And that's why I was hitting you up this morning, that glorious day. That's what we're talking about right there in verse 8 today. I'm going to start off with a quote this morning from Thomas Akempis, a really well-known writer. And I thought this was a good thing to just kind of, it's kind of a serious-minded quote, get us on the right direction today. He says, do not weigh highly who may be for you or against you. But take thought and care that God be with you in everything you do. Have a good conscience, and God will defend you well. Amen. Uh, Isaiah and I were talking about this. Seems like nowadays, sometimes it's like everybody quickly, they have to identify their sides, right? They come in the room. Are you for me or are you against me? <laughs> right? And we feel that way. It's almost like I got to build my alliance, whatever place I step into. And I thought this was a great reminder that the only alliance I really need to focus on is God, and he will defend me. If I'm alone or if I have a multitude with me, the Lord will be my defender. All right, let's look down at the beginning here in verse 6, and we're going to see again this idea um, about Paul uh, knowing what's coming and knowing, uh, trying to pass on to Timothy what he has received. I don't want to go too deep into it, but just again, a reminder from last week, we talked about for the preacher, right? Preach the word. And you guys, I just, again, I just want to impress upon you, put the word of God everywhere in your life and speak it and share it and say the name of Jesus in all spheres. Don't be afraid to talk about Jesus at your work or at the grocery store. Sometimes the world wants to shame us. Like, well, you can talk about God, but don't talk about Jesus. Talk about Jesus, all right? Know those words. That word is a living word, and it's the only thing that's going to make the changes. So we need to make sure that living word gets out. So again, not just a preacher preaching, but you preaching the word of God. All right, so Paul says there in verse 6, he says, poured out, I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. So what we learn here from Paul is he knows what is ahead. What's a drink offering? That's really strange, isn't it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, so that would be like, if you look in Exodus and Leviticus, 
A lot of times it was people who didn't have as much money, they would come and offer a offering of grain and an offering of wine. Okay, so it was a way of them giving something to God. And the offering a lot of times as mentioned here would be poured out, right? Even like, as I like to think about that alabaster jar, you remember that and how precious that perfume was. And that lady comes into Jesus and she's pouring out that most precious ointment and all the disciples can think is like, that is so much money. It's just being wasted. It's just being poured out to the floor. It's just being emptied. And Paul, what he's telling Timothy here is, it's about time for me to be poured out. It's about time for me to be the sacrifice. And literally, he is in Rome. So what could that look like, right? For what we think from church history, what we know for Paul, it will be a beheading, will be his end. Like John the Baptist, right? That is how his end is going to come. And now in this moment, he's telling Timothy, it's close, right? Now, not everybody gets that opportunity, do they, right? Some people don't know when their time is, but it's interesting that in the scriptures and even in our lives, we all know probably some people that have had stories that they just have a feeling that it's near, right? And so Paul's trying to tell Timothy, it is just about time for me to go to the Lord. I like that word departure, right? When you think of departures, what comes to your mind? Leaving, right? Train, maybe. I think of Indianapolis Airport because Brooklyn's like, I never can remember if I'm arriving or departing, <laughs> but she's picking up people the same way, right? And it's that same idea here. To depart, I think of like, that means I'm getting ready to fly away. And we even sing that song sometimes, right? I'll fly away, oh glory, right? That is this idea to Paul here is my departure, my plane ticket's about to be punched. I'm about ready to go meet the Lord that he called me out on the Damascus road. He called me into a new life. He called me to preach the gospel. He's called me to, to plant hundreds of churches. He called me to write all these truths down. I'm about to go be with him. I'm about to depart. Uh, to stay or to depart, which is better by far, I think he says in Philippians. Amen. Do you think that way? We kind of cling pretty hold to stay, don't we, right? I really love, appreciate what Michael taught us on Wednesday about we have this desire for self-preservation. So many of our decisions are, well, how am I going to save myself, right? Paul was emptying himself out. He was poured out like a drink offering. He knew he was going to die. He knew it was close to his time to die. And he was saying, Timothy, it's about time. You're going to have to step up. And here's another main point for the message today. And we'll hit this again later. Who are you pouring yourself into so that when you're gone, somebody else is going to fill that slot? Do you have somebody to take your place? That's a good question, isn't it, right? Who's going to take your place? And so we want to be thinking and praying about that today. Again, all of us, we know this truth. We know that we're going to face death. But what I want you to see here, it's not a reason to fear. And so much of what we talked about Wednesday night, it's not a reason to fear. It's this idea that we should leave it all on the field, right? That's a sports metaphor. We've been watching a lot. At least I have NCAA basketball here this weekend. We're getting ready for selection Sunday. And they'll say, leave it all on the floor, right? David and Jacob know what that is, right? To leave it all on the floor. That means that you give every single ounce because you're not going to have another chance. Did you give it all you have? And even today, we got to think that way spiritually, don't we, right? you got one life. 
when you get done, you're not going to be able to go back and say, oh, man, I wish I would have done this. I wish... You've got one shot. And Paul here is saying, I'm, I'm giving everything up for the Lord. Don't live with regrets. Don't live wishing you would have done this or done that for Christ. Uh, the phrase, and you've heard this even in some songs as well, live like you are dying, right? That's a good song, isn't it? Get in every moment that you can for your Lord. Let's say today was your, your, well, we'll give you, actually, we'll give you today. We'll say tomorrow was your day. Tomorrow is your day of departure to meet the Lord. And you were, the Lord let you know that. What are you doing today? Go ahead, share, somebody share. If you knew this was the last day you got, okay, he says, I want to talk to my family. Okay, spend time with your family. Anybody, anything else? What did you say, Diane? House cleaning. <laughs> She's going to get house cleaning. <laughs> uh, somebody else? So you're just trying to get the last bit of gospel out that you possibly can today. Is there any phone calls you need to make if today's your last day? You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes there's people that we're kind of distanced from. and like, well, we'll figure that out eventually. Well, this would be eventually. What would you do if this was your last day? And that's what I want you to think about today. Go ahead and the things that need to get done, get them done, right? Paul is telling Timothy, live like you're dying. Be broken, be spilled out, be a sweet savor, a sweet smell, if you would, for your king. All right, pour it out. Paul says that. I want you to know that, Timothy, here's what's coming. But he is encouraged. Look down at verse 7. He says, I have fought the good fight, to fight with courage, to fight with a positive attitude. And Paul definitely fought for Christ. He fought literally against the devil, against temptation, and even against persecution. He fought day in and day out that the Gentiles would know the love of Jesus. Part of the reason that we're here today is because Paul decided to fight. And I appreciate an attitude that says, be assertive and don't be passive. Amen? Fight the good fight. What really matters to you? What would you fight over? What would you let go? If somebody came after you and they trying to steal your money or trying to steal some of your possessions, your car, would you fight? If someone was trying to harm your family or harm some of your neighbors, I mean, those people in Ukraine, we all are just amazed at them, aren't we? Like, they're like, well, we know it's not going to end pretty, but we're not going down, right? They have made a decision to fight. I want to challenge you today to fight spiritually in the walk that you've been given. And it's, it's work. It's work to fight, isn't it? It's work to get up here and be here this morning. It's work to spend time in prayer. It's work to study the scriptures. It's work to come out of your comfort zone to tell someone about Jesus. It's a fight. Fight the good fight. And Paul says, when I look back, 
I can look back and say, I have fought not just a fight. There's a lot of people in fights today, right? <laughs> but he says, I fought the good fight. My life has been about the right fight, and I did that. And that's what I want to do when it's all done for me. I want to look back and say, I did fight the right fight, okay? Again, be encouraged in that today. What really matters to you? Do you have a faith that's worth fighting for? And it may seem backwards, but the Lord himself tells us what it looks like. Mark chapter 8, 34. You guys know this scripture by heart. Jesus, and when he set, called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whosoever will come after me, let him do what? Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You want to talk about fighting, that's fighting the good fight. It looks kind of different than actually taking up guns or, or arms or whatever, doesn't it? This is the good fight. Deny yourself, take up the cross, and chase after the Lord. Because everything else is going to tell you to do the opposite, right? Oh, don't deny yourself. Pleasure yourself. Do the things that make you happy. Go for those things, right? Take up your cross. Oh, no, you don't want any suffering. Avoid suffering at all costs. And you be your own leader. You be the captain of your soul. And Jesus says, follow me. This is fighting the good fight. Look down, if you would, in verse 35. For whoever will save his life will what? Will lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for Jesus' sake and for the gospel's sake, the same will save it. You want to live? You want to really live? You need to die. What? <laughs> That's what Jesus literally says, isn't it, right? If you want to live, you need to die. And if you will die to you, you will live for me in a way, in a, an abundant way. You will, no one else can compare to the life you will live. And that's what Paul says. I fought the good fight. I fought the right fight. So my challenge to you again this morning is, are you trying to save your life or to lose it? Again, from Wednesday night, is your life about self-preservation? Is everything you're doing basically try to protect yourself and your house and your possessions or is it really about following the leading of the Holy Spirit? And that's exactly what we talked about. What does fighting the good fight look like in your life? Then the next phrase we see, Paul says, well, not only have I been poured out, or the time is about to be poured out, not only have I fought the good fight, but I have finished the race. Don't you like when people finish? Again, more sports here today, but it's nice to get off to a hot start. But I really would just, let's finish, right? Let's go all the way. And I know like from running with David and Jacob and Rick, uh, I'm the one that likes to, oh, I, I just feel better if I'm really running. So I get out there and I start running. <sighs> then I'm like, then, you know, those little legs of David and Jacob, they just go right on past me. They drive me crazy. Rick's, Rick, if you've ever been with him running, he is the energizer bunny. He goes as slow as it can hardly be believed, but he never stops. And he is so, his perseverance is ridiculous. Like he, his persistence is incredible that he can just keep going. Paul says, finish what you started. Finish the race for Christ. You guys, we're living in a day and we keep hearing about different Christian celebrities, if I use that term kind of loosely, that they kind of fall off the trail or the wagon or whatever you want to say, Right. I want to be one of the people that I want to finish strong, right? And Paul says, I've finished the course that God set out for me. And you're going to need some encouragement to do that. 
He didn't, Paul didn't just run on adrenaline. He was in it for the long haul. How many Christians find their lives going up and down all the time? But what we want to know is, are we going to finish the course? Don't ever retire from serving God. It can be tempting. Everything else in our world tells you to save up money so then you can go to the beach and take it easy. Amen. Some people are going to the beach. Look out now. Stepping on toes this morning. What is the goal of that life that you are living? You don't, you don't quit. You don't retire. Quitting not only hurts you, but let me tell you today, it hurts the people around you. When you give up, when you quit, when you say, I'm out of the race, you're not the only one that's getting hurt by that. Then he says, I have kept the faith. Keep the faith. What are you doing with the faith, the things that have been entrusted to you? This idea here, kept, is the idea of guarding and protecting, right? And then basically holding it so it doesn't get lost, it doesn't get misplaced, it gets delivered to the next generation, the next group of people. And again, I'm going to hit you with what I started with earlier. Who's going to take your spot? When we talk a lot of times, again, in sports things, we say next man up. Somebody gets hurt, somebody comes down, next man up, next woman up. Who's the next person up? You guys, again, I don't know how the Lord, how long he's going to let our church and this world stick around, but I'm going to tell you that if everything goes to pattern, the longest I'm probably going to make it's to 90. So at the most, I got like 40 years and I may just have a day. You don't know what the Lord's call is, right? Who's going to step up for this? Who's going to step up to teach these classes? Who's going to step up to lead the next group of kids? Where are the next preachers coming from? Where are the next missionaries coming from? Where are the next people that are going to live a faith that is on fire? Where are they coming from if they're not coming from us, pouring ourselves into other people? Fight the good fight. Finish the course. Keep, guard the faith. Don't let it go. That's what Paul's saying. Hang in there. Hang in there with me. Again, Paul was entrusted with the gospel, and he kept his trust. He used his time his talent, and his treasure or tithe. He used every given God-given resource that he had to fulfill what God asked of him. How about you? What has God given you today? Again, I love what Joni kind of said this morning. We're way more blessed than we deserve, right? God has given you so much. What are you doing with the gifts God has given you? Are you wasting your talents on the things of the world, or are you using them for the kingdom. Again, let me say this clearly today because I get this confused myself sometimes. Can you glorify God doing computer coding? You can. Can you glorify God by taking out the trash or even dusting the windows? <laughs> right? Yes, you can. And so you've got to find out what the Lord's call is. It doesn't mean that you have to be singing a song in church or teaching a class. There's so many ways that you can honor the Lord throughout the week we need to be making sure that we're making the most of what the Lord has given us. Again, when we started this book in 2 Timothy, we talked about having someone to learn from and someone to mentor. Who is going to fill your place when the Lord calls us home? And finally, he says, receive the crown. Look down at verse 8. He says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing, right? Paul knows what's in store. Now, do you think Paul is kind of thinking that he's going to have a nice shelf somewhere in heaven and he's going to have the, the different awards? 
Most times uh, shipwrecked. Oh, yeah. Most times left for dead. Yeah, that's me for Jesus, right? Most times dealing with crazy church members. I think he's got some competition in that one. Right? What do you think that Paul's thinking about? I think we get this confused sometimes because it's like, am I supposed to have some mentality that I'm just trying to serve the Lord so someday I'm going to have some trophies on a wall? The idea here is the crown which is life. The righteous crown which is life. We're talking about heaven itself is the treasure that Paul is looking forward to. And if you will be faithful, if you will be poured out, if you will fight the good fight, if you will finish the course, if you will keep the faith, guess what's in store for you? A crown, which is life. And you guys, we've got to encourage each other with what's in store and what's forward of that. Now, this is something I hadn't thought about before, and I was studying it, this came up to me. The Greek word for crown here is Stephanos. Stephanos. Does that seem familiar? Who was the first martyr in the book of Acts? Stephen. And as the crowd was throwing the rocks and killing Stephen by stoning him to death, they were throwing their garments, their outer garments, their jackets, their cloaks, if you will, at the feet of somebody named Saul. Hmm. What's going on in his head as he's even writing his words, you think? <laughs> there is a Stephanos, there is a crown for those who finish the course. And I just wonder, even saying that word, if that would put in Paul's mind that Stephen has a crown, doesn't he? Right? And he can think back to the change of who he used to be, Paul, Saul, and who he is now, Paul. Man, what a difference that would make. Again, we can receive a crown if we will be faithful as Paul was. And again, what he mentions here at the very end is if we long for his appearing. All right, another question this morning gets you thinking. If we could bring anyone in the world to see you today, who would you want to see? Anyone past or present, anyone who's already gone on or anybody who's here right now, if I could say right behind those doors, we're going to give you an hour to talk with whoever you want to be with. <laughs> Teresa says, Jesus, maybe it's your grandma or your grandpa or your mom or dad. Maybe it's one of your kids that had already passed on ahead of you. Who would you want to go see behind that door? And Paul says, I long for his appearing. And for all those who long for his appearing, this is what's in store. My challenge to myself today and hopefully to you as well is pray that God will help you love Jesus more than you do at this moment. And pray that God would help us long for his appearing. He is coming and it will be a glorious day. All right, last illustration today. We'll finish up this morning. This is from Newt Larson. He says, Bill Broadhurst was running in the Omaha, Nebraska, Pepsi 10K, a race of 6.2 miles. And Broadhurst, who is a Christian, is slowed by a brain aneurysm he suffered as a young man, leaving him partially paralyzed on his left side. He wanted to finish the 10K despite this obstacle. He was determined to run because Bill Rogers, his hero, was in the race that day. Bill Rogers is a great runner, and he ran the race in 29 minutes and 37 seconds. That is moving. The other runners finished in 30 to 50 minutes. The joggers crossed the line in 60 or 70 minutes. 
it would take Bill Broadhurst much longer. As he ran, some kids didn't understand he was competing and said, hey, mister, you missed a good race. As he ran, his left side got so numb, he wanted to quit. He wanted to drop out. After two hours, the cars were back in the streets. It was getting dark on Saturday afternoon and running through the intersections became difficult. One policeman stopped cars to let him across. A nice lady handed him some water. At two hours and 20 minutes, he said the pain was so bad and so throbbing, I didn't want to make it. I didn't want to go on. But then he saw the end. They had already taken the banner down. Broadhurst ran down the street on the sidewalk, saw the banner had gone, and his heart sank because everybody he had left. He thought, what is the use? But he decided to finish. When he got to the end, out of the alleyway, stepped Bill Rogers and a gang of people. They were waiting for him. And Rogers opened his arms and welcomed Broadhurst across the finish line and hugged him. <laughs> After Broadhurst willed his partially paralyzed body the last few steps to the end of the race, Rogers took the gold medal from around his own neck and put it around the neck of the last runner to cross the line. And Rogers said, Broadhurst, you're the winner. Take the gold. Amen. It's about finishing. It's not about how fast you go. It's about finishing. What did Paul say? I'm being poured out. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And now there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness and for all those who long for his appearing. Are you trusting the Lord to help you keep going? What will help you to finish? Let's stand this morning. Thank you again for you guys for your patience today. As you think about this passage, you can think about your legacy, but I want you to think about what's going to help you finish. What's going to help you be motivated, right? And even as you pray today, ask the Lord to speak to your heart to really give you motivation that when it seems like just another thing went wrong that you could be encouraged. And then even probably more importantly today, there are so many people in this room that are just worn out. They are tired. They've been through a lot of struggle and a lot of fight and they need to be encouraged. And we wanna encourage each other today by our prayers. And I wanna challenge you even today, even before you even get out of this place, if you would tell somebody in this room that you're praying for them and that they matter and that the way that they have lived has been encouragement to you so that we can keep fighting the good fight. Let's go to the Lord.